0: Welcome to the Leaders in Payments podcast, where we talk to C-level leaders from across the payments landscape. We'll be discussing the products and services that impact the payment space today, as well as trends and predictions for the future of payments. We will also hear stories from our guests about their journeys to the top.
1: We're the first business in the world to be able to price the loss risk of a particular institution and to offer insurance as a mechanism of offsetting those losses so that when a business uses Instant, they don't have to worry about having fraud losses anymore because that problem will be solved by insurance. When fraud happens, they simply file claims. Instant automatically validates and finds insurance cover to every customer that that business onboards and decides to accept.
0: That was Sunil Madhu, founder and CEO of Instant, and he is my special guest on this episode, episode 295 of the Leaders in Payments podcast, and I'm your host, Greg Myers. Businesses of all sizes use Instant to increase the number of good customer signups and new accounts that remain compliant and fraud-free with Instant's cutting-edge technology and $100 million in fraud loss protection. Sunil and I talked about the fraud space and what makes Instant truly unique in the market. We also discuss Sunil's professional journey and his views on working at Fortune 500 companies versus startups. We've got a great episode ahead, so let's get started. Hi, Sunil. Thank you for being here and welcome to the Leaders in Payments podcast. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Let's dive right in. If you don't mind, tell our audience a little bit about yourself, maybe where you grew up, where you went to school, where you currently live, a few things like that.
1: Sure. I'm a serial entrepreneur. I'm originally from Scotland. I've lived in about 17 countries so far. Landed in the United States at end of the 1990s, actually.
0: Okay. And you're currently in New York? Yeah, currently live in New York. 20 years. Oh, wow. Okay, great. Well, let's talk about the company. So, tell the audience what
1: Instant does. Instant's the first fraud insurance technology. We basically help businesses avoid fraud losses, which they normally have to hold on their own balance sheet by using insurance to offset the losses and technology to stop a lot of fraud that would cause the uh, claims. And who's your typical customer? Well, we sell primarily into the financial services market, and our typical customers are fintechs, credit unions banks and other types of businesses that onboard a bunch of retail consumers.
0: So maybe tell us a little bit about the insurance side. I think that might be a little bit of a unique position you have there. So maybe explain that to the audience.
1: Traditionally, businesses build their own toolboxes with a dozen or more different vendor tools to help them combat fraud and to accept new customers who are signing up on their websites and mobile applications. They typically write business rules using a combination of these vendor tools in their toolbox to stop the bad guys and to let more good customers in. But regardless of how good the vendor tools are and how many of those tools they use in their toolbox, the businesses are left holding fraud losses. And typically, most medium to large enterprises hold tens of millions of dollars with the top third of the bank's holding in excess of $100 million in fraud losses. And often, with the larger institutions, they also have capital reserves and treasury set aside in case they realize any of the risks that they have in their lending and other types of businesses. We are the first business in the world to be able to price the loss risk of a particular institution and to offer insurance as a mechanism of offsetting those losses so that when a business uses Instant, they don't have to worry about having fraud losses anymore because that problem will be solved by insurance. When fraud happens, they simply file claims. Instant automatically validates and finds insurance cover to every customer that that business onboards and decides to accept. We use our own technology layer, which is a line of code that lives in the websites and mobile applications' user interfaces to determine whether the customer is risky or not, and then to determine whether we can bind insurance or not. We do that on the fly. As the customer is signing up, we make a decision within about a second as to whether we can bind insurance cover. And then we tell the business through APIs that they can go ahead and let that new customer in and not worry about any fraud losses because they're indemnified.
0: A traditional way in the fraud space was sort of a scoring engine. Do you use something similar to that?
1: Well, yeah, in the traditional systems, everybody manages and owns their own fraud and fraud loss. So there are lots of tools out there that provide scores, and these scores can then feed into other machine learning models at the business, and that'll help the business figure out how much risk there is on that individual. Instant uh, does something slightly different, because we're not actually trying to gate whether the business should let someone in or not. That's entirely up to that business and their existing technologies and processes. We kind of sit as an overlay layer, if you will, and we just dynamically add insurance into the mix. So we provide an accept or deny decision, which basically says we're willing to take the risk on the individual and bind an insurance cover or we are not. And along with that information, we supply a variety of data about the types of checks we've conducted on that individual in that second in order to ascertain the risks and figure out if they're worth binding insurance against. And all of that data, which is a very rich data set, it includes biometrics and behavioral cognitive information and device intelligence, velocity checks, personal information verification, KYC checks, and a variety of other types of checks. All of that rich data, along with the decision to bind an insurance cover, is passed seamlessly back to the application via the API. And the application can then consume that information, feed that into their downstream models that determine whether they want to accept that customer or what restrictions they want to apply on an account, etc.
0: And how long has Instant been around? We're
1: just turning four. Okay, and how big is the company? We have just about 20 people. And we've raised about uh, $18 million so far. Okay, well, congratulations for that.
0: We've talked about a lot, I think, that answers this question, but beyond the insurance side of thing, what else differentiates you from your competitors out there?
1: Well, we cover the entire customer lifecycle. So when a business signs up with us, Not only do they get that insurance protection, which is very unique, we're the only solution provider offering that for customers opening up new accounts. We protect that business for the lifetime of that account. So when that customer comes back and performs a transaction like a payment or whatever, we make sure that it's the authorized owner of the account that's doing that and not someone who's broken in or stolen that person's password and impersonated them. So we stop that account, takeover risk, during transactions and then we have a unique offering which we launched last year which allows a customer who's been previously verified and accepted by instant to obtain a pass we call it multipass and with a multipass is a authenticated secure tokenized identity which contains in it all the information about the individual trying to sign up or log in in terms of how that information was verified what level of risk the person was accepted for and whether their KYC information is current or not. All of that's bound in that tokenized pass. So with that pass, seamlessly pushed to the end user in their mobile device, the user can come along and try to access other products or services that that business may be upselling to them, and where traditionally they would have to sign up and go through all of those fraud and KYC checks over again. With Instant, by presenting that pass, the business can accept the customer with one click, and all of the friction involved in having to re-sign up and re-KYC and re-verify their identity, all of that just disappears. The customer is able to get to the product or service that's being upsold to them by that business with a single click. Oh Wow, that's pretty
0: amazing. So is it also a B2B play? Can businesses that are signing up for products, would that be almost considered the same as a consumer?
1: No, they're different. The processes for a business being onboarded is different from a consumer being onboarded. Our core business is to help businesses onboard consumers in the retail side of their their business. We uh, partner with uh, other vendors in order to support the use case of businesses onboarding other businesses.
0: Okay, and how do you go to market? Do you have a direct sales team or do you have partnerships or both? We do both.
1: So we have a direct sales team that basically goes through targeted account lists and so on. And then we have channels, both resellers as well as white label OEM channel partners that typically on platforms like banking as a service platform or loan origination platforms we're embedded in those platforms so that the users of those platform services automatically get the value of instant. Okay, and you
0: mentioned you know banks and credit unions and fintechs. Do they have to be a certain size or just anyone who is onboarding consumers?
1: Yeah, it's really anybody who's onboarding consumers and worries about the risks of fraud losses and compliance issues any business that fits that bill can use us.
0: Where do you see the industry heading? You can sort of answer that from the fraud lens or the broader payments industry lens, whichever you choose.
1: Fraud never goes away. It constantly evolves. So the fraud prevention market steadily growing at about, uh, I believe, 24% compounded annual growth rate. That's projected to hit about $33 billion in the United States alone by 2030. Globally, fraud causes about 5% Gross domestic product loss across the board. It's a huge problem generally. And the payments industry obviously is a multi trillion dollar market, and payments are always evolving, and fraud is very rife in that space as well. Merchants and consumers are both affected by it. So these are all growth markets for our business.
0: Okay. And it's hard to have a fraud discussion these days without mentioning AI. So how do you see that playing in the space?
1: Yeah, so our platform, the entire platform is managed by an AI. We've replaced the human in the loop that normally has to define business rules and uh, select vendors and integrate different vendors and, you know, constantly manage the fraud prevention identity verification system for every single product that the business ends up launching, which is kind of a repetitive process. We take all of that OPEX cost and pain away. In our system, you can set a configuration detail, and the AI will pick it from there and make sure all the necessary checks and vendor calls and other types of processing, the heavy lifting in the back end, is completely taken care of by autonomous agents. And then after the data is processed, and return back to the application, the AI goes back to sleep. It's designed to be very simple for the end users to integrate us into their applications and their infrastructure, with AI doing most of the work silently in the background.
0: Well, let's switch gears a little bit and talk about you. You mentioned earlier, serial entrepreneur. Maybe walk us through your professional journey and how you got to where you are today.
1: So I was primarily working in Fortune 500 companies around the world. IBM was my alma mater, and I worked at Siemens, Nexteraf, and Texaco, Chevron, and a few other companies. And in the late '90s, when I moved to the U.S., I got my first whiff of what a startup was like because I joined the kind of early founding team of a company that was pivoting called Netegrity. I stayed with that company in its journey to go public uh, in 2001, and we established the Identity and Access Management marketplace. We're the first company that created standards for something called single sign-on. So consumers who were employees of companies basically logging into their workspace in the mornings. Traditionally, they'd have to remember a dozen passwords for all of the different internal tools within the enterprise. And Integrity solved that problem by enabling people to remember just one ID and password to access all of these different systems in a seamless way. And the growth, working with the founders of that company, kind of gave me a lot of insight into how startups work, And I fell in love with the whole notion of startup culture, and I never looked back. And since after that company went public, a couple of years later, it was acquired by Computer Associates. I worked there for a wee bit, and then I started the next startup called Securant, which was a continuation of the work Uh, we were doing in Integrity and Single Sign-On and Authentication. We tried to solve the problem around authorization management or enterprise policies which allow or disallow people to use enterprise resources in specific ways and kind of solving the mishmash of policies that exist within the enterprise across applications, networks, and devices. Sold that to Cisco in 2007 and then started another startup on the back of that called Hopscotch, which I sold to WPP companies shortly after, about three and a half years. And then on the back of that started SoCure. SoCure's grown into a $5 billion business now, identity verification. I was the CEO of that company for about nine years. Left that company in 2019, handing it off to my colleague to scale it out and take it public, and started instant on the back of that company. So it's been an interesting and fun journey so far.
0: Yeah, so do you think that working at those big Fortune 500s was that the reason that you wanted to find the entrepreneurial side or did you see that as a positive aspect of your career?
1: I learned from everything I've done so far. and I learned the good and the bad that comes with a large corporate structures. I always find myself not fitting inside them because I was very vocal and opinionated and often that's either frowned upon or it's greeted as something that's really great in these enterprises. And I found that I was good at what I was doing and the enterprises would always bend all the rules to help keep me happy. And I learned how companies scale and what happens in companies' cultures when they scale and stuff. And then comparing that to startups, I realized startups are much more challenging and at the same time, much more fun with a family-like environment where you feel more connected to what you're doing. I took some of the stuff I learned from being in the large companies in terms of processes and scale and applied them to startups. And I also learned the good and the bad that comes with startups as well. So overall, I keep learning. I say that with every new company, I make new mistakes because everything's different every single time.
0: Right. Well, what are some things you're passionate about? Maybe one work-related passion and one personal passion.
1: I'm passionate about solving hard problems. I'm quite analytical and I spend a lot of time reading and thinking about stuff, so I find that there are lots of challenges in the world to be solved and overcoming those challenges is really why I spend my time in startups. In terms of personal growth, I would say that managing stress and learning how to connect with people and managing people generally, which is a pain in the ass, to be honest, in companies. I've learned a lot personally from being in startups, interacting with a variety of people, and trying to steer the team towards success in the face of all sorts of odds. So I find that being in a startup has influenced my personal life as much as it has my professional one.
0: And what would your advice be, say someone's coming to your company, whether it's your existing company or prior companies, and they want to get into this broader, let's call it payments or fintech space, and maybe they want to go to work for you or you know a similar company, what would you tell them they need to do to be successful in this industry?
1: Technology changes very quickly. So it's very important to be abreast of the trends, Consumers' desires and behaviors are changing on demographics. So being aware of the market and where the market's trending is quite important. And obviously, the pace of change means that you've got to put a bit of effort to constantly relearn things that can be challenging. I would say, you know, do a lot of reading, understand the market really well before you make any kind of decisions as to. Where are you going to apply yourself, whether it's a startup or a larger enterprise? Startups are always more challenging than working in larger companies, because at the end of the day, you can go into the office, leave at 5 p.m., and you'll still get your paycheck. In startups, you don't know necessarily whether the startup's going to be alive next week or not, and it's always a very stressful environment, and you have to wear multiple hats often. It takes a lot out of you, and many people have romantic notions of startups, which will quickly disappear once you're in the, in the actual <laughs> startup. I would say, you know, don't have rose-tinted glasses. Speak to the community of startup people. There's, you know, in New York, we're fortunate to have a bustling ecosystem of startups just like uh, San Francisco and California. So there's a lot of support, and you can you know, speak to people and get kind of a good inside view of the company you're going to join or thinking of joining. So you can use those resources to your benefit.
0: Well, Sunil, we've covered a lot of ground about you and about the industry and the company, Instant. Is there anything else you'd like to add before we wrap up the show?
1: No, um, I would encourage people to go into creating startups, especially because AI is eating the world and jobs are going to be done by robots in the future. And we're all going to be left to doing creative things. So I would encourage people to take the risk and try building businesses.
0: Just one last question. What would be the easiest way for people to learn more about you and about the company?
1: Well, they can come to our website, www.instant, that's I-N-S-T-N-T, without the A, instant.org. You can learn about the team and the company there. You can also look us up on LinkedIn. My name is Sunil Madhu, that's S U N I L M A D H U. And you can search for me with the company name. You can learn more there as well.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today. I know your times very valuable, so I really appreciate you being here.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Absolutely. And to all you listeners out there, I thank you for your time as well. And until the next story. Thank you for joining us this week on the Leaders in Payments podcast. Make sure you visit our website at leadersinpayments.com where you can subscribe to the show and where you'll find our show notes. If you enjoyed listening, please share on your social channels as well.